Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake. Chris. And Ames. And we're here to talk about two episodes of Star Trek The Enterprise, Catwalk and Dawn. I think it's The Catwalk. I wrote it stupidly. The Catwalk. And The Dawn. And The Dawn. <laughs> it's about catwalk Italian mobsters. And the Dawn. <laughs> Oh man, the dawn tale is old as time. Shaka when the walls fell. <laughs> Much Why better can't episode. We be friends. Oh, also good aim. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was in the wrong verse. I'm sorry. Oh yes, yes. It's one I of do those that all the time. Changes. You can ask Chris. I fuck that shit up in the car all the time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, can in- confirm. open parentheses, the, close parentheses, <laughs> catwalk. Well, you see, Trip is too sexy for his shirt, too sexy for his shirt, <laughs> so sexy it hurts. And uh, he shakes his little tush on the catwalk. On the catwalk. Oh, I see where yeah. I was like, well, I, yes. I was trying to think, like, what would this? be the best way to work that song into this? <laughs> uh, and I think he did pretty good. Well, I'm thank proud you. of you. Starting the new year off right. <laughs> Sadly, this is one of the shirt episodes where he keeps his shirt on. Uh, yeah, that's right. But he gets his shirt off in the next one. So at least uh, the week, the theme could be shirtless shaking trip. his little tush on the catwalk. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, in Catwalk, the Enterprise crew encounters some Tacret aliens. Is that actually what they're called? Are they called the Tacret or is the Tacret just the name of the militia? I ass- Unclear. Let's, ass- let's assume they're called the Tacret. All right, well, we meet some Takret folks, Tagrim, Renth, and Guri, apparently. And they're like, holy shit, we're glad you're here. Beam us on board. There's a Neutronic storm coming. Oh, no. And it turns out, as Ames notes here, that is a phenomena that will kill the fuck out of the crew. <laughs> that is uh, what the note says. I did not That's see literally that. what she wrote. So they're like, oh, no, that will kill everybody and fucking destroy the ship. And T'Pol's like, I don't know, maybe it'll just almost destroy the ship, but it'll definitely kill the fuck out of you all, though. Yeah, there will be wreckage. It still counts. (laughs) (laughs) There will be some molecules of us still floating around. And they're like, Trip is immediately like, well, I don't know, Captain, there's that catwalk between the nacelles. I don't know who the fuck decided to call this a catwalk because they fit 84 people 83 people, rather, humans, that is, three Tacret, one Beagle, and 20 square cube meters of Phlox's shit. So, in a pear tree. In a pear tree, yeah. And so everybody, they, they, they crowd in, they're like, okay, well, uh, let's bring some food, uh, let's, uh, we'll have to turn off the warp drive or something, because the storm will fucking blow everything up. And yeah, let's all just go get comfy. We're probably going to be here for like eight days. And we'll stink real fucking bad. And, you know, at first everything's pretty like cool. Everybody is chill. We're all getting along. We're playing cards. It's like camping, says Archer. Uh, But 
But about two hours into it, everyone starts being like, damn trip, you didn't make any showers? What the fuck? Oh, pot roast again? What the fuck, trip? And trip's I mean, like, damn really, dog, Reed I have just like. A bitch. Yeah, yeah Reed sucks. <laughs> But it's like, he only had four hours, for Christ's sake. He just, it wasn't like he was planning this for months and forgot about showers. He did Assholes. almost forget about shitters, so thank you, Mayweather. Shocking. What? Whatever. Fool. Literally, you that was the they first thing. When, when they're like, we have to go in the catwalk, I'm like, where will you poop? you telling me they didn't have any of them 10-gallon Home Depot buckets somewhere? I mean, it sounds like that's basically what they resorted to. They stuck some of those into lockers. Well, good for them. But unfortunately, disquiet among the crew members, i.e. mostly Reed being a bitch, isn't the only problem on board Enterprise. In addition, our Takret friends, who like are obviously kind of uh, up to no good slash being secretive, but then they make the subtext text by being like, we're stellar cartographers. Hey, you fucking idiot. I don't know anything about stellar cartography. Shh. Fake it right till you here. make it. They're still here in the room with us, you idiot. Oh. So they're like trying to cook next to plasma discharge pipes. I don't really know. But also there are intruders on board. <gasps> oh, uh, no. And we find this out because like, I don't even know. There were a couple of things on the computer, like the warp core was trying to come back on. And well, then... it turns out they were turning it back on the intruders. Well, yes, I know, but oh. that's not that's he don't know that until he goes downstairs to see what's happening in his like very specific. This suit will only keep you alive for 22 minutes uh, spacesuit. And so we have intruders and we decide to trick them into thinking that everybody is deed. And it turns out that these guys are part of the Takret militia and they're here to get our new friends and drag them back to the militia from which they escaped. So I'm picturing like, um, you know, some sort of libertarian New Hampshire encampment and three people got out and they sent everybody after them. But uh, I just realized, like, I don't actually remember how we fight them off. We go Uh, into the plasma eddy. Yeah, basically Archer pulls a Janeway and is like, I will blow this ship the fuck up. I remember that. Flying it into a sun or something. Right, right, right. Well, they leave and uh, yeah, the end. I mean, like that's... And honestly, this whole Neutronic storm that we're riding out and we're gonna... Like, there was turbulence for three seconds and that was it. And then everybody got angry. And then people got mad about showers. The problem with the storm was the radiation would kill them. Yeah, within minutes, I know. Yeah. So here's my question. Yeah. I know, like, as far as we know, Enterprise can't land. Right. I imagine it can't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it can. But then again, it didn't seem like they had a Suleban cell ship in their closet for a year and a half. So (laughs) who knows? Enterprise is full of surprises. Yeah. But either way, my first thought was, well, whatever these storms are, Seems like maybe they're not an issue in an atmosphere. Maybe you just go like low orbit in this planet till it goes by. What makes you think they're they're okay in the atmosphere? I don't know because I feel like if these happen all the time, they'd be constantly wiping out life left and right. I mean maybe the other do. the other mm-hmm. militia people that come over, they say, "Oh, they must be hiding on the planet and just waiting it out down there." So maybe mm. oh, it is okay. they, more sustainable on planet. Maybe they're in the, maybe they're in a cave. But yeah. I don't even think they said. I think he just said maybe they hid on it in a nearby system. I don't yeah, think he actually, was I think he saying did. like a specific planet. Oh, okay. Well, I know they were around that planet that has four uh, binary or which has uh, binary suns, and there's only like four nights 
of nighttime. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, was it every year or every month? Yeah, I don't remember. One of those. But it was kind of cool. It was very pitch black of them. I like that. What was also weird about the planet, too, is like, you know, one point. uh, Well, Trip is all bummed out and up about, about not being able to see this big fuck off canyon. And I was like, there'll be other planets, Trip. It's like. You can just go back once the storm's passed. Right. No, nope. you, you we guys... don't go back. We don't go back. We only go forward. Like, you guys are the most free form ship ever. Your basic orders are, oh, see what's there. Try like, not to piss too many people off. Well, failed that immediately. Well, I try. The, yeah. the trying is the important part. But yeah, the setup for this, though, all, all nitpicking aside, is uh, it's it's using the format better. I feel like you feel like this is an issue that one of two solutions in later tracks is either one, they're just fast enough mm-hmm. and two, maybe they just have better shielding whatever by then yeah. so that they could just, you know, they could pass right through this and be like, oh, what do they just go through? OK, whatever. Yeah, so Internet it's like, tells me that Voyager came across one of these things in okay. Fairhaven, I think they said. And they're like, oh, yeah, no. shrug, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, oh, so. right, because that was when they were like, all right, everybody into the into the holodeck to wait out this storm. Literally, right? <laughs> Wasn't that that episode? <laughs> was, was, am I wrong? The, I'm not kidding. Oh, you're not kidding. Yes, you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't there an episode where they were like, let's all go hang out in Fairhaven? Yeah, I mean, it was that just was just for fun. Fairhaven. Yeah, they, yeah just that, liked, they just like. Oh, that was just, that was, that was R&R. Oh, my bad. I thought that was for real. I don't know. I, I think it like malfunctions in spirit folk or something, but oh yeah, 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 yeah but that's yeah. not because of the yeah, no, it just that's unrelated. Oh, but um, well. but yeah, yeah so, I know, love I, I love the look on Archer's face, which like quick, let us in and then go to warp seven. And Archer's like, oh, we can't do warp seven. <laughs> I'm the slow kid. But here's oh, the thing: that was, yes, Jake, that storm. They could have outrun that storm at warp nothing. It was approaching so slowly. Well, to your eyes. Yeah, but what about to your sensors? If it was a, if it was approaching it faster than light, you wouldn't even be able to see it anyway. You'd already be in it by the time. That's you a good saw point. It. Oh, that's fair. Also, how does a storm travel at warp? Oh, that's also a good question. Uh, because this episode required it to. Yeah, yeah, like, that sounds right. That's right, but I, like I, I feel like every time we, it, yeah, it's, so apparently natural things can just generate a warp field somehow Mm. listen we have to accept these things because when you really really think about it like storms in the depths of space doesn't make a ton of sense to me yeah yeah i mean this reminded me a little bit like it felt like a bit of a mix between starship mine and one oh yeah i was i was getting big one vibes yeah Mm. why starship Starship mine jake well because there's intruders on board and, and they're they're doing nefarious things. And there's deadly, deadly radiation. And then Archer has to go out and threaten them. Justice for Hutch. Hatch. Hutch? Hutch. Hutch. I like, or Hutch. I don't know what the name. point, like, what, I still don't understand, like, why, why did Archer talk to them? Like, what was? I, I He seemed to be, like, trying to fool them that he was dying. Why that mattered, I don't know. Yeah, no. I didn't well, understand well, that either. I, I think he was, they were probably, he was probably hoping that if he could convince them that, like, he was the only person on the ship that they would just go and leave them alone. Which is a stupid plan, they're trying to steal your ship anyway. If all you've done is like, I'm it, they're like, great, that's our job easier. Yeah, that's easy, yeah. Ames, quick, the button, the button! <laughs> that was easy. Thank you, yeah. We're I remote, so we can't actually no use the button this time, but... You gotta get you one of those buttons. I don't need that button. 
Don't get me do. that button. I oh, don't have. They used to sell I have too staples. much fucking shit. We'll get it for um, Jake, and then you can borrow it from him. There you go. Yeah, Jake um, says he has just enough stuff, and but also has room for one easy button. One button. Oh, there was a really, uh, in addition to the, okay, so a couple things. Guest stars. So did anybody recognize the the captain, the the, the Tacrit captain? I, I don't think I would have if I hadn't read Wait, about the, him. The guy, one of the good guys or one the of bad the bad guy, guys? The bad guy, the bad captain. Uh, I didn't, but I recognized, like, I think two of the other guys. Yeah, they, they were definitely in other episodes. But no, the, the captain I wanted to specifically mention because he was Jake Sisko's friend. Um, the dying, screaming ginger? The dying, screaming no soldier. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Wow, no, I didn't Jake's, recognize him. <laughs> Jake Sisko's friend. Yeah, I'm like, not in the loosest sense. <laughs> Jake was there when he died. So yeah, the- and he made fun of him while dying, and it was great. <laughs> uh, it's like I'm dying. Um, at least, I, at least that's not it for me. God, it's a good show. And I think the it other, sure the other important cameo, we discovered the true identity of Chef, <laughs> and it's the nanny from the Muppet Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is the only physical appearance of Chef we're going to get to. Yep. No way. Yeah, yep. it's very funny in one of the reviews because, you know, one of the reviews that I've been reading, you know, is recent. I think it might even still be ongoing right now. But the first one um, was coming out basically as episodes were airing. So mm. the guy's like, oh, I'm sure this will be a running gag and we'll see all the moments of we could see just bits of Chef. It's like, no, guy, this is the most you're going to see of Chef. Well, I feel like the running gag is just that. Chef is this big important person and we never see or get a name for them. For reasons. I you know it, To it's, amuse it, the writers. <laughs> it's stupid, but you know, what they should have done at some point, you know, say in the finale or near the finale, they should have had Ethan Phillips out of makeup as chef. That'd be Aww. cute. I'd like that detail. I think it was an homage to Chef from South Park. Yeah. Who also doesn't have a name. Though he shows up in way more episodes than one. Mm. Yeah, I feel like this was a pretty straightforward episode. I yeah. like that uh, we're reminded that Hoshi doesn't like small spaces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She has the cl- she has the claustrophobia. I like that we're reminded that Reed is a little bitch. Yes. <laughs> oh, actually, that we did get a little bit more about Reed though, because previously he said he just had a fear of the out, a fear of drowning rather. But it seems like he can also get seasick. I don't know if it was, was it seasickness? Didn't they say it had something to do with like? Well, he said gastrointestinal. Yes, like yeah, but I thought it had something to do with like zero G training or. I th- yeah, I think that's all all tied together. Maybe he gets vertigo. Yeah, but yeah, it seems like there there may be even more that was keeping him from being in the Navy. Yeah. Remember that time that Apple made all of us get vertigo when they put uh, that U2 album on all of our iPods without uh... us asking? It was actually very funny because I, I didn't have an iPhone, but one of my coworkers did. Did so I say I, phone? I meant pod. Uh, you said pod. You said oh, pod, okay. yeah. Uh, oh, okay, but they, also, they also put it on the iPhones. So I was sitting in my cube, and I'm just sitting there, doot, doot, do, And then I just hear from someone's office, why the hell is you two on my phone? Because <laughs> they hadn't heard about it. And I went in and was like, oh, yeah, congratulations. That's free. It's on your phone whether you like it or not. J. Edgar Hoover? <laughs> so it's on everyone else's, else's phone. phone. <laughs> mm. uh. oh, that's a good movie. Uh, clue. Um, 
It is. A, it's a fucking great movie. My God. After this, I'm going to go watch Clue. Let's watch Clue. <laughs> definitely. I love that fucking movie. But yeah, so the setup was pretty interesting. The episode itself was boring. Fine. Com- competent to the point of like, yeah, it was it was a vast improvement over last week. So I yeah. was pleased. <laughs> I was very pleased. I was like, oh, good. There's sick. nothing driving me up a wall about this episode. Yeah, The no. lowest of low bars. You know, again, I think, like, there could have been a bit more ambiguity. Like, maybe Oh, about we actually... the guys being, like, shifty? Well, not even just that, but, like, they're like, oh, yeah, no, our, our militia's evil. And it's like, yeah, no, like, it, 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 they just are. You know, you can just tell. <laughs> you said, yeah, you said they were a militia, I believe it. They're well. taking over Enterprise, they're probably pretty evil. Well, that, like, if, I don't know. Enterprise is a nice ship. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, if, if it's just like you come across this nice, uh, seemingly abandoned ship, you're like, well, fuck, I'm not letting this go to waste. So then if like maybe then Archer pops up and maybe they play it a bit more like, oh, wait, me. Oh, you're you're here. Oh, shit. Well, let's talk. And then it could be like, all right. Mm-hmm. So who's you know, but instead he's just like, ah, fuck you, my ship. Can we kill that, more of you somehow? Yeah. So that where's that your maybe, dog? That maybe would have helped, but these guys were just like, no, no, they're bad. And you're like, ooh, but these guys already lied to it. Oh, no, they're telling the truth. This Never mind. <laughs> oh, also, Caitlin, do you point about the oddly specific 22 minutes? Yes. He's met Trip. You got to give Trip actor time. You know, it's like, all right, all right. It's actually so like wait. 35, but this dumb fucker's going to push the limits. I'm going to lie and say 22. Yeah, it's like a reverse Scotty. Yeah. That's oh, really wow, you, yeah. That's what you could do with all Starfleet personnel when you tell them how long something's going to protect them. It's like, oh, God, just subtract like 30 fucking minutes. They all want to be fucking heroic. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone here is going to push the limit. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Or they'll get and knocked out by something. Yeah. Or knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> it is trip. Again, another uh, missed this could have been Cutler moment with the uh, crossword puzzle lady. Yeah, the girl playing the puzzle who somehow had never heard of, didn't know Solkar's name. Well, the first Vulcan ambassador to Earth was probably before most of them were born. But still, I feel like that would be like, who was the first man on the moon? Who was the first president of the United States? The kind of thing everyone knows. I I I would think so. Ambassadors, though, you know, like... Not knowing Zephram Cochran, weird. Not knowing the first Vulcan ambassador to Earth, that's like... Yeah, no, but he's but the one who met Zephram Cochran. Yeah, but not even that. Oh, wait, it wait, isn't even is? just that. It yes! Isn't, it's not just that, though. It isn't like we're talking about, you know, the 320th American ambassador to England. We're talking about a fucking alien from space as the first ambassador from space okay, well, I, to I also, all of humanity. I didn't realize that guy then became the ambassador to Earth. I had assumed there was like, he went home and said, so I met a maniac drunkard on Earth that invented warp drive. And I think would, that made him the first ambassador being the guy who'd made the first contact kind of uh, gave him that role. I see. See, I had assumed they then just sent a different guy Oh, uh, they, drew, yeah. they drew, they decided that no one else wanted to fucking do it. So they were like, oh, well, guess what, bud? You're elected. Congrats. But yes, not not knowing the very first known, you know, Vulcan to meet people. That does seem like a thing you should know. Plus, I assume this is a human crossword puzzle. So, they, yeah, they wouldn't go yeah. down that far down the, the I don't know. Sometimes sometimes crossword puzzle makers like to be motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like I need something that ends in a, in a. I and uh, Esri, Esri Dax, obviously. Yeah. Everyone knows that. 
Everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's um, just a very pretty straightforward episode, though. Yeah, we we get like to to Paul tries to go to the movies. I mean, she does, yeah. I guess, but it's interesting that they frame it as sort of a reluctance to, like, rather than just being like I'm uptight, I'm Vulcan. It's framed here more as like a I'm bad at this and I get embarrassed. Yeah. She's like, oh, Considering okay. this is also, this isn't new. Archer's been telling her since the first fucking episode uh, to get to know the crew better, to talk, to, to open up more, to be, you should be more human to Paul. And she's like, oh, God damn this. Well, that's why I I'm kind of like, it's, I, 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 I don't know if they're trying to make it be like now she's finally opening up and she's admitting that it's not just reticence. It's like a, it's not just cultural reticence. It's social it's like anxiety. A, yeah, which is like. I I don't know if they're successful in this, but that seems to be the attempt. It's like this is a, her admitting that there's more than just being uptight at play here. And it's like, I, I don't know. It seems to be an attempt not, to give her more character. I'm not good at fraternizing. Oh, I doubt most Vulcans are. I don't know. They're probably, I don't know. Who knows? Well, again, the, the, as we said a few weeks ago, the, you know, the ones that become ambassadors learn. But oh, like Solcar. <laughs> yes, yes. Or Data's mom. Or Spock's dad. Hmm. Or that's all I got. I don't know. It just <laughs> seemed like another rehash of the archer trying to get to Paul to be a thing she doesn't want to be to me. And it's like, we've seen this so many times. Oh, yeah, from yeah, him. Yeah, very season one. Let's just let it go. Well, it's the same from him. It's just like so they seem to have changed up her response. Um, mm. But his is the same. Always yeah. the same. Always mildly racist. Everyone should Mi be friends. Only mildly? <laughs> yeah, my favorite was when, you know, the Tecret people are behind their curtain doing whatever it is they do. And Trip is Cooking whining and whining and saying like, oh, I know we're supposed to be accepting of other cultures. Oh, except for you, Archer. You can do whatever you want. Captain. Captain. <laughs> well, that's the captain's prerogative, ma'am. I think there was a nice, I don't know, little mini twist, I guess, in this episode that we were kind of led to believe that the alien visitors, the three guys that came aboard. Three were, amigos. The three the, the Trace Amigos. Mm -hmm. That they were the like gonna be involved in mm, the evil yeah. plot. Right. Like they lured they, them there or something. Like they or... were also victims. Yeah, because that would be my initial reaction. Is it like, okay, this whole there is no storm. This is just a distraction Only to <laughs> to get to take over the ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I also have to notice. Speaking of racism, that they uh -oh. made these guys decon. But they yeah, that's right. I meant to bring that up. Thank decon. you. And the guys last week stank more. I bet. Yeah, they, they don't <laughs> bathe. Yes, they, I, I had actually noticed that and made a mental note of it, and then completely forgot. No, thank you for making a note of it, Jake. Yeah, we were just moaning about that. Like read about not having a shower. Yeah, I was I was very very concerned for him because he was betting his pineapple cake in the in the card game. I was like, oh my goodness, and, Reed! And, and he gets he gets special treatments for that. Well, that's the thing we don't know that he's getting the special treatments right now because of the situation. So he's just like, yeah, yeah, fine, fucking take it. Get the temptation away from me. Oh, take that's this pineapple cobla. That's what that he's not or he knows anyone. his hand is so good. Mm, one or the other. I have to, I have to say that like when he was being like a super bitch, I was starting to think that like something had happened to like make them all be bitchy <laughs> it didn't occur to me that just close quarters maybe could have an effect on people's uh 
It does yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah I know that it. Is interesting. I know it. I just that but was, I at first thought that that's where this was going, and I was like, oh, oh. But then no, you know, so they're just they're grumpy. And I, you know, wrong. Like I get it. <laughs> I'd be pissy too, probably. Oh, yeah. If I went Eight seven days, days without a shower and just pot roast for f- dinner, actually, the pot roast would probably be all right. But the not showering would definitely piss me off. It's like freeze dried pot roast. So it's pot roast in the broadest sense of the term. Dude, whatever. I listen. How shit bad? does good work, Chris. Also, like how? Ba- no, well, no. I mean, in this case, he's just nuking that shit. But like, how many times did you go to a museum of science or whatever and be like, I really want that astronaut ice cream? I just don't think that that excitement would fade after just a couple of days. I mean, here's the thing. I always thought it, but I never actually got it. And I'm willing yeah, to bet no one's going to let you buy that shit. It was overpriced. Parents were like, fuck that. I'm sure if I tried it as an adult, I would realize, oh, my parents were right. This stuff sucks. <laughs> yeah, but as a kid, it's a curiosity. Oh, sure, sure. I actually like it. I don't think it's bad. It's just like a weird melty, melty in your mouthy texture. Fair enough. Like an arrow bar. Mm. Yeah, it's like if styrofoam became ice cream somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Doesn't that sound tempting? It does. It sure does. <laughs> I'd like to have some. Uh, oh, I think Mayweather actually did some good stuff this episode, and I was shocked because he's in my notes twice, which is a well, record. One, yeah, he, well, he was pooping. doing a lot of helping. Oh, that's three times. Yeah, three times he did did a good thing. He remembered to make trip bring a toilet. Yep. Um, he had a little bit of a moment where he's talking with I forget who about how. He, on, like, one of his early, like, freighter gigs or some shit, they were in some kind of a rescue situation where they were without life support and this and this. And the the look in his eyes is, that was really traumatizing, and this is also traumatizing, oh, dear God. Yeah, the writers remembered his background for once. Yeah, so that was also good for him. And then he steered us out of a plasma, Eddie. Yeah. Yay. The most Mayweather will ever do. And don't forget about, oh, God. Through, like, um... Through like fuck, and he did it with not even his main control setup. It was like they rerouted it through a TI eighty three. Right. <laughs> he been playing Doom on it a minute before. Nice. You can play oh, a Doom, Doom on anything. Yep. TI eighty four calculator, and don't forget how he how he kept everyone's spirits up with his practical jokes <laughs> and ghost stories. <laughs> Cute. Oh god. So hang on. So where exactly is this catwalk? Between the nacelles. It's, is it go, does it it's, like go between the two? No, I think it's under. It's along the nacelle. So there's two I, of them. Yeah, there's yeah. One so there are probably forty okay. odd people in each. Okay, because yeah, we only ever really saw one group of them then, and there was another group of people on the other side. Maybe, presumably, yeah. unless okay. they all crammed into one. There may be a, seemed like Archer and T'Pol had one half, and the other eighty one <laughs> people had the other. There, there may be a connection between them two because of the way the like. The, the nacelles have that weird joint between them on Enterprise. Um, so, so that they, whole thing be... is catwalk? Or are I they just all know. loaded into the one? It's and... possible. Because it would, you know, if you were going to split into two groups, you'd think that you'd put some of the senior staff on the other side one, yeah. with one group. Like the See, other, the, the, the one nacelle has like the, the command crew and the other nacelle is just fucking animal house. <laughs> I was about to say, here's the thing on the one hand episode. on the one hand that would make sense on the other hand this is star trek right <laughs> where they love putting all the command people in the same place constantly yes but yeah i, I think the you're right i think the implication is they were all just in one nacelle 
Which again, you think though, just if you want to give people a little more breathing room, maybe yeah. put them in. Like, like Phlox has to whine and whine and whine. Oh, there's not going to be enough room for all my animals. Wah, 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 wah. And Which then was we fucking s- stupid. And the then way. we see what he does and you're like, dude, you're not using any of the vertical room. You had plenty of room for your animals. You idiot. What I do well, also, like- they established at the beginning of the episode that sickbay was shielded and safe. And in Archer's like, oh, I yeah, can't yeah. put 82 people in sickbay. I forgot so about that why line. didn't he just leave the animals in sickbay if it was our, if we know it was already shielded there? That's and why didn't a- Flox just stay with them? Yeah, why did they establish that in that case, if that's well, just going to be a, a plot inconvenience? They needed Phlox there in case they had medical issues, but they could have had him there with, like, basic supplies. I do like, though, that he clearly had already decided who was he was leaving behind if it came yeah. to it. Because <laughs> he's like, my, whatever it is, slugs, thank you. Uh, Phlox. Is there still one of those things in Reed's leg? <laughs> I think it died and got pooped out or something. Who knows? <laughs> I actually had two problems with that scene. The first one was that Phlox was like, I have 15 cubic meters and I can only fit two thirds of my creatures. So T'Pol gives him. Another five. Another five. Yeah. Which is not enough. Well, I think well, it was also him and his medical fi- equipment. Yeah, exactly. So like, I'm assuming he needed 10 of those cubic meters for animals and the other five were for his equipment that was not animals storage oh, for his toenails i was say they oh. were there they were there for a week did did they have to watch him trim his nasty chitiny toenails he forced them Ugh. to watch cutler was into it uh, uh. barf <laughs> my other issue was What's up with T'Pol just handing out extra space willy-nilly? Did she do that for everybody? She sure did. Wow. How was this space so huge? Like, why would it be so big? Catwalks are usually small, skinny things high above a stage where, like, you can't, you know, so you can, people can cross without you seeing them. They're not... 83 people's worth of space usually yeah i was i thought like when they first mentioned it they're like oh we're gonna hide out in a crawl space i thought it would literally be like like a jeffrey's tube yeah Yeah. like think 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 and i'm sorry to bring it up but think precious cargo but with 83 people (laughs) yeah i I feel like they could have done more in the set design to make it seem claustrophobic i feel like i was just about to say like I bet this is one of those things that was one way on paper, but then the like folks that actually have lights and cameras just went, yeah, this is literally impossible with our we budget. We have to fit. Yeah, we have to fit the actual <laughs> filming equipment in there, uh, along with 80 something people. Like nowadays, you know, 20 years later, where you can get really good film quality on like a fucking phone, you could maybe have a small enough camera that you could like maybe fudge it and also there's more flexibility with lighting setups now but I mean, like they, it's not but that i see that doesn't really fly for me because they've filmed so many scenes in jeffrey's tubes they clearly know how to film in a tight but tight that's spot. usually like very limited types of shots you've got one or two actors this they needed like it might have been harder to do a crowd scene in a jeffrey's tube type scenario yeah well i think they could have gone a little bigger than a jeffrey's tube but i feel it just felt like it felt 
It felt I like feel a set. Roomy. Yeah, yeah no, it didn't I mean, feel it remotely like okay, we're crammed in here. Yeah, no, like, you're this definitely is right. Kind of, this is a space that's supposed to be like inaccessible whenever the engine is on. Yeah, it should not be like available to fit so many people all the time. Yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, you're right that I feel like they could have made it feel smaller, but I kind of wonder how much was reality getting in the way versus like because there's definitely things they could have done to have the set be just as big, but make it seem smaller. Maybe I don't know. Just have more fucking extras for credit. Paint the, well, paint the walls black. Mm. Well, anything else to talk about this or have we run out of? I mean, what? Why? So those the, the men that came aboard when they were like, OK, pack up whatever you need, you know, only what you need to survive. And they were like, all right, get the hot plate. <laughs> uh, and the we... chicken's feet. Don't forget the chicken's feet. <laughs> They're matched luggage. Yeah. But not a change of clothes. Her mm. Majesty's matched luggage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I also right. love how Archer was so concerned about his chair because he just got that thing fitted the way he likes. <laughs> if if those guys adjusted it and put it back down a centimeter, there'd be hell to pay. <laughs> Everyone's in trouble then. Yeah. All right. Next. Next. Speaking of hell to pay, not really. Kind of. Uh, in the dawn, <laughs> Trip is out in his space shuttle, tootling around. Shaking his ass on the catwalk. <laughs> Shaking his little tush on the catwalk. <laughs> He's a model, you know what I mean. And uh, he gets shot down onto a planet uh, by... Huh? Moon. Oh, excuse me. He gets shot down onto a moon by an Arconian called... Zokan, and on the way down, his systems get all fucked up because there's something in the atmosphere, I guess, that's bad for the shuttle. And I guess he takes Zokan with him because they are crashed together on planet. And we start out, Zokan steals some of uh, Trip's shit, and uh, Trip has to go get it back. The commander almost trips a laser wire, almost trips a trap, if you know what uh, I'm saying. Trips a trip. Trip almost trips the trap. Don't trip the trap trip. But he does a little a little sneakery of his own and uh, puts an audio device nearby, just like saying like E-I-E-I-O or some shit. And the Arconian goes to check it out. Trip goes to get his shit back. But then the Arconian comes back. A fight ensues. They try to shaka when fucking Trip pissed his pants and the walls fell. So Jokan, they kind of like just trade back and forth and like who has one up on the other. Jokan is like, you're going to fix my ship. But he says it in his weird Arconian language. Trip's all like me, Trip, you, Jane. I need water, not this piss water that you just tried to get me to drink or mud or whatever the fuck it was. Then like trick Trip. Wow. Trip tricks him and is like, oh, look at this broken thing. And in the ship, I can't fix your ship. And then squirts him in the eye with, I don't know, like warp plasma i don't even know what the fuck he hit him with but it didn't seem to affect him too badly anyway the point is they come to blows kind of over and over again they keep spy versus spying it and one coming up on top of the other which sounds hot but it isn't oh actually though the planet that's a problem the planet is very hot and uh they really need to like get the fuck out of there because they're running out of water and uh jokan is getting super dehydrated which is a problem because uh as Trip points out in his like personal log, he doesn't think he can sweat, and as uh, Flocks will eventually point out, means that his like 
his cellular structure is breaking down because his species doesn't do so great with dehydration. And how do we know this? Because we met Katan Jashar, the Arconian captain who uh, who is associated with this Jokan fellow and Enterprise and the Arconians team up to save their people. We've learned nothing from our recent transporter issues because Archer's like, hey, Trip, we found you. We're going to beam you up. And Trip has learned nothing from any episode where a person is trapped on a planet and doesn't want to leave behind his new friend and is like, no, Captain, I'm not coming up till you figure out a way to help Jokan, even though he punched me in the face many times. So much punching. There was a lot of punching. Oh my God. It was very bloody. It was, I was honestly surprised by how much like Tripp's face was all bloated up and bruised. But anyway, we eventually rescue our heroes in like the nick of time. If they had been down there for but 10 more minutes, all would have been lost. (laughs) But everything's fine. Except that Captain Jashar is like, I am going to beat Jokan's ass if I found out find out that he shot first and Archer's like ah we don't need to do that and then Trip is like oh let me go check on my friend I know he was sick we're good friends now and he's like hey Jokar Jokan how's it going and Jokan's like hey you owe me a fucking canteen full of mud and Trip's like okay but how about chicken masala and he's like mud delicious <laughs> delicious mud the end they're best friends oh, now. Except, uh, sorry, and I should have mentioned that to Paul was like, we've met these people. They suck. And then at the end, she's like, wow, Archer, you did in one day what the Vulcans have failed to do in centuries. And that's probably because fucking Vulcans don't fucking talk to anybody. And Archer can't stop himself. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because if you gave Archer a second day, it would flip over and they'd be at fucking war with these people. <laughs> Just like this episode, how everybody keeps taking the upper hand. It would have gone on forever and ever. It would want to be one of those hundreds of years wars where we used to kill each other but now we're using computers and nobody remembers why we started fighting to begin with (laughs) he won't stop trying to get us to watch water polo (laughs) i thought you were gonna say water world i was like wow that's a weird cut i prefer the ulysses cut same so so actually i hey ames has a kitty that she's petting and that is too loud no, no, honest, just watching you pet that kitty was way more interesting than this whole episode, which we've seen 700 S- fucking times. All better, too. And also the movie Enemy Mine, and also, yeah. oh my fucking god, it was also a little bit of that episode where Odo and oh, Quark had to yep. haul a thing. Like, fuck! Have a new idea, Star Trek. And The Ascent is so good, too. I mean, that's a great episode. Uh, Ascent is good. I mean, yeah, I I, I couldn't help it. The enemy is good. Yeah, I mean, this one, I mean, clearly they were going for uh, Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Oh, God, but failing so utterly at it because Trip never seems to understand this guy doesn't know English, but I'm going to keep talking at him and never actually trying to, like, gesticulate or show him what things I'm talking about ever. Not well, fucking once. So I mean, I, Ames, to be fair, I, I think that all that talking may have been for the benefit of we, the audience. 
to some I extent. I don't need it. I'd like to see something <laughs> new. I was thinking I mean, the that same. would be interesting. A, a, an episode where the two characters that can't communicate have to communicate entirely non-verbally. Throughout That'd the be episode. fun. I you meant to the audience. <laughs> but see, that would take imagination and artistic fucking integrity, and Rick Berman has fucking neither. Yeah, and also I'm sure they think the audience is morons. So. That too. Oh, yeah, his, they're probably they're probably not wrong about that. The the like reasons behind him talking the whole time aside, like being for the audience, his gesturing definitely could have been better. Yeah, he did one thing that signified me trip. Eugene. Like, yeah. Okay, like, yeah. you trip. We get, we finally understood that. I like damn it. Damn it yeah, was, was kind of funny. funny. <laughs> yeah, it was that was I'll I'll give him that. There's um I forget what system it is. But there's some some tabletop RPG system where uh, you actually can take a skill where just talking louder will make people who don't understand your language understand you. Oh, Liz that's has brought that awesome. up before. Okay, yes, that's that's why I know it from. I wasn't sure if you'd been around when this has come up, so. Yeah, she brought it up in something. Liz has commented now on the Facebook where it came <laughs> up before. Thanks, yep. Liz. <laughs> But yeah, God, I was so fucking bored. It's like, I've seen this. I've seen this. It just made me think I still haven't seen Enemy Mine. I should watch that someday. I was thinking the same thing, but um, it's on my list of stuff. I think there's also like an old war movie, something in the Pacific. That's the yeah. same fucking thing. Yeah. Or a guy gets like marooned with a Japanese soldier. Or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so again. Which there's ways on... to do that with sci-fi. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and yes, enemy it's good, well, enemy but... That's the thing, like as much as this is clearly riffing on Darmok and the enemy and the ascent it's i think it's just a basically a shot for shot remake of enemy mine have you seen enemy anything. mine jake oh yeah yeah oh should we cover it on the show sometime yeah it's an okay movie it's got dennis quaid Ooh. um i believe lewis gossett jr is the alien the under alien, 100 yeah. pounds of makeup Ooh. yeah and it's like they didn't even change the makeup like the aliens in this look Fairly close to the alien in Enemy Mine. Oh, that's silly. That's fu- yeah, actually, because I looked this up to see if anyone on Memory Alpha mentioned Enemy Mine, and they did. Oh, and they even lot. said, like, the alien looks like it to the point of plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Star Trek obviously has a long history of, quote unquote, taking influence from other things. But like this one, they didn't even put a spin on it. Yeah, it's like how the other week when we were complaining about the Seven Samurai thing and how it's yeah. just Seven the Samurai. same fucking thing. Nothing unique or useful. It's like, yeah, you can draw inspiration, but you can't just take someone's existing do, story. Do something with it, please. I was so bored. I don't yeah, know. It, Watching yeah, Connor Trenier is nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, Honestly, though, even that I had, I was just like, I, I like him, but this is just painful. I've been here. I've been on this ride so many times. The only yeah, kind of inter- very lazy. Yeah. The one sort of interesting thing, and I'd like to hear more about this. The Vulcans made first contact with these guys before they had warp drive. What happened there? Don't know. Like why Somebody did goofed? Yeah. Like why did they break their own rules? Or maybe somebody else had already broken a rule and they were trying to keep them from breaking it. But I it was mean, too the, late. the Vulcans made first contact with Earth at Carbon Creek well before. Oh well, yes, had, but uh, it sounds like they had a more formal setup for this one. Yeah. Probably these aliens had something the Vulcans wanted. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's the real answer. Yeah. Or it was like Carbon Creek, it crash landed, but just hiding your ears wasn't enough to blend in, so they just had to. 
had to uh, reveal themselves. Yeah, Vulcans sure are lucky that they look so much like us. Yeah, yeah. And, hmm. you know, 85% of the rest of the fucking Alpha and Beta quadrants. Yeah, just wear a hat, you'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't know. This is this goes back to, I think I said this a few weeks ago, that the, the, one of my biggest issues with this show is not like, this isn't a, this wouldn't be a bad episode in a vacuum, but it's not. And it, it because we've seen all these other episodes before that are the yep. exact same thing, and it just it just goes to show how creatively bankrupt the show is, and that like it's just that they're do they're doing this show because they felt like they had to continue Star Trek, and they and yep. they didn't have anything new they wanted to say or do or explore. Yeah, they thought for the hottest second, oh, if we make it a prequel, maybe we'll have things to say. And occasionally they do. Occasionally, like, you know, we, we saw last episode, oh, we can't go more than warp yeah. five. We're kind of schmucks. And those are the interesting parts. But all, well, but so often you're thinking in terms of the other series. And yeah, well, like, I, like you said, we're not in a vacuum. Well, and I also think they only did prequel like I said, I think back in the first episode, like, because everyone was doing prequels at the moment because it was Star Wars prequel time. And even though yeah. they were it critically the thing. panned, they made all the money. There was literally like, there was like a fucking Dumb and Dumber prequel. That's how hot prequels were. Oh, weird. Yeah, every things that didn't need prequel. Well, nothing needs a prequel, but things that really were like, what? Why? What? Fucking What? So even that was sort someone of someone will see it. A lazy decision. It was like, well, it yeah, worked but, for Star Wars. But here's the thing: that wasn't because, if you think about it, it every Star Trek, starting with Enterprise, right up through the the te- the movies that they did with Chris Chris Pine, yeah, and then and then Discovery and Strange New Worlds. I mean, they're all prequels. They all like. It's either prequels or it's fan wank. The only like original Star Trek show that they did, in my Prodigy. opinion, Prodigy. is Prodigy. Yeah. And even that's got a little fan wank, but you have to, right? Like, yeah, it's a, a little. Way. But it, yeah, enough that it's also like an entry point for kids. Yeah, like, that's. It feels like the fan wank of that is more for the parents watching with their children and like, ah, yeah. they're going to get this someday and yeah. you two are going to oh, yeah. commiserate. And they, you know, and and just having a legacy character like Janeway as part of it is is interesting and and kind of wanky, but not terrible. But like Picard, nothing but a fan wank. Lower oh yeah, Jacks, nothing but a fan wank. Um, Even Strange New Worlds, because it's just a continuation of Discovery in some ways. Yeah, well, that's yeah, and that's and it's explicitly a prequel to TOS. Yeah, with you know, okay, we're gonna have all these characters that you know and love, and it's not bad. We're not saying they're bad shows, and and, and I feel like. If anything, you know, Discovery and Strange New Worlds have done more than Enterprise has done in terms of original storytelling. Well, that's well they often shit on canon. They're, they don't. I think Enterprise is very conscious of the canon, mm. whilst Discovery and Strange New Worlds say, "Yeah, some of the stuff that's canon, fuck it. It's some of it's bullshit because it's bull- nonsense." Gene thought up a million and a half years ago while drunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the thing, the thing about canon too is I I just don't see any point in being so rigid about it because they've already retconned a lot of shit. Mm, yeah. Um, so like the places where they choose to be, oh well, we got to explain why the Klingons look the way they do. <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys, just just be like, just fucking retcon it. Who gives a shit? No one cares. Yeah. No. And what? Yeah. Ugh. 
we'll we'll get to that soon enough. Oh god. Um, but yeah, well, that's the thing is, I feel like the newer stuff. They're at least, you know, you can argue whether or not they're successful, but they're at least trying new things while being prequels. Whereas this, like you said, is just like, it's a prequel, but it's still just Star Trek by rote. Yeah. Well, it's because, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's basically been the same team producing Star Trek for 15 years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Um, 90% Berman, a good chunk of Braga. Yeah. And I think, like, honestly, I, I mean, I know I do this all the time, but I fucking mean it. Like, even if you had just gotten rid of fucking Berman and put anyone else as head guy, maybe they would have been allowed to stretch their wings a little. I feel like he probably did a lot of damage. Well, I think, you know, the most original Star Trek we got in that era was Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And, and we got that largely because Berman was far less involved with that show like yeah because they were busy on tng and but yeah, the ds9 do what Voyager, they wanted you know like that like berman was just like okay go and do it just make the show and you know i'll send you notes from time to time but he kind of he he kind of gave them freedom to do experimental shit and they got a really interesting show with a lot of interesting concepts and characters and episodes that we hadn't seen before yeah and then you know you get Voyager, which you know is good, but at the same time, one of the biggest complaints that we've all had about it is it's it's basically just more of the same PNG style. Yeah, change the stuff. characters; it's the same show. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's you know, and even people who worked on it admitted like we wanted to really use the format more, but kept getting shot down because yeah. Rick Berman's a fucking to, coward. <laughs> and you get to Enterprise now, and it's they're just literally at this point just recycling stories that they yeah. used not even that long prior. Yeah, yeah, I find it wild as well that in Enterprise, I think I mentioned this last week with Precious Cargo, who was one of our fr- which was one of our first non-Berman, non-Braga episodes. That Berman and Braga have written, I want to say like I think the math works out to like 70% of the episodes so far. Jesus. That one of them is one of the major writing credits and it's like do we? Do you not have a team? Why are you guys like doing all of it yourselves? You're not that good at it. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, Braga has some good credits, right? Like he's he's written some good episodes, and Berman too. Like they're not terrible writers. Yeah, but you um, want outside of they're opinions just terrible as well. people. Well, Berman certainly uh, is is a controversial figure, but uh, I don't know about Braga. Yeah, I don't know. No, I didn't. Braga. Mean, I didn't really mean Braga, but. He dated Jerry Ryan, so he can't be that bad. Yeah, but he dated her while he was, like, kind of her boss, yeah. which is a little gross. Mm. So I guess it kind of depends on, I, I mean, whatever. I, I don't blame her, you know. I just, uh, eh. it's questionable, that's all I'm saying. But yes, I think this does just go to the point I've been making the past few weeks. I, I think I only liked this as much as I did on my first watch because it had been so long since I'd seen other Star Trek. So it's like, oh, wait, I've seen this done better months ago. and again i do i mean there are elements you know i like the uniform i like the ship that like those feel like prequely things done right the props make me want to fucking die (laughs) i know they're all bad it's gonna be really interesting i think season three because i don't want to spoil too much about it but season three does break out of the pattern of recycling plots like in 
from my recollection, season three is actually pretty damn original for mm. Star Trek. And it takes it in a very controversial direction that I think a lot of people don't like. But I'm curious how I'll feel about it. Yeah, yeah I, again. I am too, because I remember coming out of it deeply annoyed in some ways. So, yeah. But like, um, a part of me feels like I'm just going to be like relieved that it's like, oh, oh, some original plot line. Yeah, and, they're, at know. least they're trying something. There will, yeah. there will be that. Well, and also, like, it seems to me that a lot of people feel that Deep Space Nine was uh, super controversial with all the religion shit. And I think it was the best of the Star Treks. So I yeah. uh, don't I don't think that's going to happen with this show. But uh, I am curious to see uh, what happens. Yeah. Well, it also happens every every single series that comes out. Is the most is the whatever the most recent one is? It's the most hated mm. one. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. Now I was reading someone's review saying like, when Enterprise came out, people fucking loathed it. It was it didn't get far. You know, it's canceled after four seasons, and uh, unlike the other ones, which at least get to run their course. Mm-hmm. And now people today are saying, man, remember when Star Trek used to be good in the nineteen nineties through two thousand five time? And it's like, oh, you're counting you're counting Enterprise is good now. Fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. pine for this kind of amateurish, not great show. I mean, well, see, I feel like maybe some of these people are just there because, like, hey, at least the captain is a cishet white dude. That's part of it. He's familiar. Everything that's familiar is good, and everything that's new is scary and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that even those same people are mad at Strange New Worlds because, like, yeah, they got Pike, but. It's not exactly 60s Pike. It's Pike with, like, emotions and not hating women. So they're mad. <laughs> yeah, and an almost entirely female bridge crew. Yeah, which is amazing. Just uh, an extra little needling. It's wonderful. <sighs> back, to, back to this episode. I found Must it we... funny considering um, a moment ago I was giving Mayweather credit for doing shit. That the very first thing they do oh, in yeah, this episode yeah. is just shit. <laughs> all over Mayweather. I thought that when you said that last episode, yeah. It's like, oh man, as soon as this autopilot you know, works properly, we won't need Travis anymore and we can just shoot him out an airlock. Poor Travis. But trip, that's not nice. But also, like, just because you're on a decent automated system, you still want somebody looking at it. I'm sure 95% of your job is done by the fucking computer, Trip. Uh. Let's see you hand mix that matter and antimatter. I thought not. <laughs> Also, again, I like we said last episode, you know, Star Trek's history of just stuff that doesn't make sense in like a real world setting. Why weren't there two people on this shuttle pod? I wondered that, too. It wouldn't have prevented the crash, but like you should never send someone alone anywhere. And he's out there and he says what they're doing is for this autopilot thing is he's creating some kind of a trip through 62 moons, which is which sounds fun. But also, they have no idea where in the system he evidently is yeah. when, he, when he goes off radar or what have you. And it's like, okay, so he plotted this course through the moons and never told you guys? Bad yeah, but, trip. But Bad. also, you're trying to design something that theoretically is going to help the pilots, you know, or at least something they would use work with. You think maybe it would have been trip and, I don't know. Mayweather the pilot? Nope, he gets nothing. He had three things he did last episode. We're already at season maximum for Mayweather. Yeah, no, no, he is. He never has a line again. 
till <laughs> till season three. They've they've used up their their uh, Mayweather credits. Sad face. Their Mayweather credits. <laughs> oh, I'll also say I liked the little trick that Trip pulls on Jokan when he leaves his log like oh, yeah. nonsense somewhere. Yeah. And my first thought was that was the kind of tomfoolery we needed in Aqua Fucking Zition with the Ferengi. <laughs> Instead of doing absolutely nothing. Like, we didn't even try to trick them, but we tricked this guy. Yep. Yep. You know what's annoyed me? I feel like Tripp's I think I might be dying speech felt like it was trying to evoke Roy Batty's speech at the end of Blade Runner, and boy, did it not succeed. It absolutely was. I've seen that reference a bunch of places. Okay, so I'm not the only one that thought that. Blade Runner. Oh, it's a great fucking movie. It's, I mean, one it's, day we'll cover it for the show. It's weird. It, it's, it, I, well, well, yeah, well, I'll talk about it. In You're going to make week. me watch Blade Runner, but you won't let me watch Batman. This is bullshit. I mean, I'm yep. stopping you from watching Batman. For the show. Oh. oh. <sighs> yeah, but Blade Runner is fucking great. Yeah, no. But I have been <sighs> meaning to give it another go anyway, so that's fine. It's not for everybody. Yeah, no, it's, it's a little on the slow side, I guess. It's not a. F- movie so much as it's a mood you watch for you know two hours <laughs> it's more a moody than a movie <laughs> yeah. That's good. well but, you were almost there i thought you were going for it so oh although uh caitlin you had your little moment when you were watching the speech when i was watching the speech you told oh my god yeah he's <laughs> first of all this is the most of uh the most of the previous episodes that this show has ever paid attention to. Mm. But while he was going over all the shit he was doing, I was like, heck, I even got pregnant. And then two seconds later, he was like, and there was that time I got pregnant. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Wonderful. That one forgotten. It also- I mean, yeah, that's like the most, I mean, when you think about it, that's kind of the most remarkable thing in a way. It's also just revealing, they, you know, it's almost like they realized, wow, we kind of just made it the trip show in season one. I mean, it still kind of is. I mean, yeah, I last week say. he did the precious cargo thing. Yeah, it's true. Spent the night with a princess. Mm. Gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's He's true. He's the busiest boy. I mean, mm-hmm. they're both beautiful people. I'm sure watching them make love would have been great. It's just that watching her act is terrible. Stuff that mouth with something. Wow. <laughs> a finger, a dick, Crumpets. her own panties, a gag. Anything oh. you'd like, just get it out. It's don't always let her ta- don't let her speak. It's always surprising when Ames goes blue. I love Look when Ames go. goes blue. It's my favorite. Well, it makes more- me think it makes me think that I've spoiled her in some way. It's more surgical than the rest of us. Speaking of stuffing our mouth with something. So they say <laughs> they say they can't transport the Arconian up because this, that and the other thing. Endocrine but, system. But they never bother transporting anything down like, say, water, water. Yeah, or that point. mud he likes mm. or like a refrigeration <laughs> unit they can hide in a fucking oh yeah uh, good uh, idea uh, uh, just a, an oscillating fan yeah mm. directions to the other side of the mountain which is in shade you idiots <laughs> that's, that's, i didn't think of that good point <laughs> the whole time like the sun is glaring on them i'm like Go find shade. You guys are real dumb. Sunglasses. Some sort of silvery tent <laughs> that reflects light. Yeah. Something to give them a couple minutes while you figure this out. Maybe even just an ice cream cone. I assume. Or even, even get the guy hydrated enough that he can use the transporter. Yeah. So, actually, so I, I know nothing about existing outdoors because it scares me. 
Are there like special tents for like camping in extreme hot environments? That that must be a real thing, right? Oh, probably. I'm sure, but not, you know, 200 degrees C or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the, the, oh, the, I thought I just I was just it was sort of a tangential thought because I said that as kind of a joke, but then I was like, hey, those might be real actually. Yeah, like, I think there are. I think there are certainly like. I imagine you bring an air conditioning unit of some kind. Yeah, but I, I figured to help. Like, you, they, I'm sure they could make the surface of the tent out of something that like reflects Reflect light as Maybe. opposed to absorbing yeah, it like or you dig a hole go in a yeah. cave yeah, Actually, yeah yeah a cave caves usually have a very static temperature true i true. went here's a here's a cute anecdote since we're filling this episode with nonsense um out in i want to say east granby connecticut there's a an old prison that's just a series of caves underground jesus it's actually very cool. Well, you can you can go and uh, tour them because it's no longer in use, obviously, because that's fucking horrifying. But you can go down in the as you go down in the cave, it's a, it's a constant. I want to say like sixty something degrees in there year round, and they said basically like it's a great place to keep prisoners because you don't have to worry about acclimating to certain to like high or low temperatures. So you put them in the mine. You have them do some <laughs> mining for you. Uh, and they live there. Perfect. And it's it a fun like, little tour. I'd recommend it. It sounds like one of those things. It's like, it's so weird. It's like, at first flush, you're like, yeah, they put a prison in a cave system. I'm like, that sounds cruel and unusual. But their thinking was, <laughs> it's naturally comfortable. And I was like, oh, I'm oh. sure that wasn't why they did it. I'm sure it no, was because no, but... they wanted mining done. Yeah. But one of the side effects is like, yeah, they, it's just always the same in the caves. Trip, go find a fucking cave. <laughs> There do seem to be hot weather and what they call desert tents, but none of them seem to be like silvery like I was expecting. Oh, I was expecting silvery, yeah. They seem to emphasize like just lighter materials and ventilation. So, you know, get on that, NASA. I bet you could make that. Sell it to the public and then use that to fund your space exploration so we can stop relying on the private sector. Hmm. All right, here's my last note that's worth saying. Jokan has like that healing vomit that oh, he sprays yeah. on Trip's arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I wrote down, nice, let's replace Flocks with this guy. So I'm oh. saying, no one tell Flocks or he's going to kidnap one of them. And he'll just have him like. <laughs> Leave him in a cage. Oh, feed yeah. him his toenails. <laughs> has him like in a locker somewhere. Just occasionally opens it to uh, get his vomit from him. I actually saw a video the other day of getting venom from a snake. Oh, that's cool. It oh, yeah, they like, like have squeeze, they, like, squeeze their mouths. Well, this guy, so this one, it was apparently in a particularly poisonous snake, so he's just kind of holding it right below the head. And so it's got his jaws out, like, I want to fucking bite you. Yeah. And he just jammed their cl- the the teeth into the top of a special glass that had, like, a membrane. And yeah, as soon yeah, as yeah. the teeth got through the membrane, it just, I always assumed venom was ultra thick. This stuff just, like, blasted out like liquid. Oh, yeah. It was like, yep. wow. So, yeah, he'd be doing that to this dude. Yeah, he would, and that snake would be blasting that venom into the guy if he if he could. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, and I I don't blame him. Get him, snake. Hashtag <laughs> Team Snake. <laughs> Speaking of jars full of liquid, bars and bartenders and prune juice. Mmm, a warrior's drink. Yeah, so we've segued smoothly as we tend to do so oh, yeah. smoothly. You didn't even notice. It was as smooth as that weird liquid that Joe can like to drink. Uh, this week for our character spotlight for our blog, we know you're following the blog and thank you for doing so. We're talking about Guinan and how she does a whole lot of great stuff for Enterprise and, uh, mm-hmm. and TNG. 
That that reminds me very tangentially. A few weeks ago, we had a guest star with the surname Guinan, and I forgot to mention it at the time. The, the actor was? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was actually the, the leader of the like little military group that captured Archer and Reed and the communicator. Oh, OK. And I looked him wow, up. It I turns didn't notice out, that. Yeah, I, I, had, I meant to bring it up. He was that guy. He'd been one of the horrible like featherhead people in Voyager, and he had been in Live Fast and Prosper. Cool. But anyway, Argynon, not the real Guinan, I guess. Ooh, thought you were going to say Argyle. I got so excited. <laughs> no, no, we're saving him from the very end because we're going <laughs> to spend like a whole it's going to be a whole 10 forward just talking about how much we love Argyle. Yikes. I'll go first. Cool. Uh, so, Guinan. I know this already came up, but it wasn't about her. She was just there. The talk she gives Wesley at the end of the Dauphin is fucking yep, yep, great because yep. that's just, yeah. Helping, you know, overcoming her own issues with the Borg and helping Picard overcome his in oh, I, yeah. Borg. I like that. And fuck, what was my third one? I had three. Hats. Yeah, <laughs> big hats. We're, we're in great hats. <laughs> big hats introducing Worf to prune juice. For the, no, um, oh, fuck, I thought I had it. Well, introducing Worf to prune juice isn't, isn't your number three? Yeah, prune juice is actually legit. We can go back to you if you need to. Yeah, I, I, I or, yeah, yeah, because I can't, I had a third good. It was, it was the, I was having issue with other stuff earlier. Yeah, keep, keep, come back to me. I know I had one. I'm going to write this shit down in the future. <laughs> Jake and Caitlin will do some uh, fencing to figure out what the next one is. Yeah. As uh, Guinan is also known to do. Uh, okay, I'll say um, my three are going to be when she put prejudice aside and convinced Picard to meet with Hugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because even though, like, she was all ready to think that Hugh was shitty, as Picard was, she she met him and decided, yeah, there's there's something there. So, uh, Picard, maybe maybe meet with him before you decide to, you know, murder him. And then she uh, met with him herself, too. And it was a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also, uh, I'm going to give her credit for giving Picard the key insight that he needed to save Data in Measure of a Man. I love that one. That one's top uh, of my list, too. Yeah, and then for my third, I mean, so many Guinan moments are the time she gave great advice to X. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, that's pretty much what it boils down to. Yeah. So it, in a co- coin flip with every, um, you know, an infinitely sided coin, the one that came up for me was helping Worf to decide that he needed to go and join the, the Civil War. Mm. Oh, wow, that was her? Shit. Yeah, because remember she had that scene where is they that were redemption in Redemption okay. Part One when she is when they're in the phaser range, and she oh, like yeah. goes in there and she's she you know again she uses like a roundabout way of being like huh you're not like most Klingons are you Oh, see, I wrote that one down in my nudes in my nudes my notes as in your nudes schooling Worf on Klingon culture. <laughs> yeah, basically, you don't laugh very much, do you? I know a lot of Klingons who laugh. Alexander laughs. He's a better Klingon than you are. Yeah, and that's wow. kind of what... Wow, let's not get carried away. <laughs> and that's what sort of, like, that conversation is what made Worf decide, like, yeah, I kind of I kind of got to go do this thing. And it worked out because he was able to get his honor back, plus he was able to uncover the Duras bullshit, and which eventually led to uncovering the Romulan bullshit, so... So much bullshit. Nice. Guinan, Guinan really kind of saved the Alpha Quadrant in a roundabout way mm-hmm. by having that conversation with Worf. Yeah. You reminded me of what my third one was. I also had to pick a good advice moment. And mine was, was getting Bev off her ass in Suspicions. 
Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. And by pretending to play tennis. Yes. <laughs> nice. How about you, Caitlin? Well, I my my uh, enthusiastic. Yeah, I can do this. Is has fallen a little short. I mean, I so I definitely wanted to. I want. I definitely want to say the um, the conversation that she has with Wesley about love. Yeah, I love that that moment. What is uh, love, baby? Don't baby, hurt don't hurt me. me. Uh, I would say prune juice actually is a great moment. I like that moment. It is. It is. And um, I just had it. Why did my brain just shut off? Doesn't she like set Jordy straight a little bit? Yes. Oh my yeah, god, that's with, in Galaxy's with, Child with, with Chrissy and like. Like you should, you shouldn't try so hard with women because you don't. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking, you're really I'm thinking bad the with, with the girls. Yeah, I'm thinking of the one in Galaxy's Child, not with Chrissy, but with oh goddamn name, Brahms. When he's whining and whining as West as Jordy is wants to do, and Gannon says, "Yeah, it's a shame she didn't turn out to be the woman that you thought she." which she was based on your fucking hologram. Yeah, that's the one I was actually thinking about. But she, I mean, she's like you said, Guinan giving good advice is kind of Guinan's thing. But it was nice to have somebody put fucking Jordy in his place because yuck. Can I point uh, something out since you, met, since you mentioned the prune juice scene? Yes. And I mentioned the phaser uh, practice scene. In the phaser practice scene, she says, I have a bet that... Uh, that I could make you laugh or, or something, right? Is, or is that what she says that she has the best? Anyway, she says, you, you, I've never seen you laugh. If I recall, he lets out a huge belly laugh in the prune juice scene. <gasps> wow. Which is before the phaser scene because the prune juice scene happens in yesterday's Enterprise and Sela appears in Redemption. So... Shit. So there you maybe, go. Maybe well, that a Guinan always wins her bets. Guinan made a bet that she had already won. Some that's, writer that's, forgot that that happened already. <laughs> that's honestly the best way to win a bet, Jake. I don't quick, see the problem. <laughs> quick, Jake, give us your nerd voice cannon scream. Cannon! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. That's a lot oh, of cannon. Oh, my ears. There. Dear God. A little too much cannon. Uh, I've also got some moments. Yeah, because good God, you're writing that. And anytime the show kind of needs one of the main actors to like get out of an ethical to get to get something out of an ethical debate guidance the one giving the advice mm-hmm. it's a little repetitive it's a little little cliche but you know what she's so good at it so the first one that i'm going to mention is when she gives Riker a little pep talk in the best of both worlds when it's like yeah picard i've written him off already you should too and Riker's like all right <laughs> i can captain <laughs> this thing it's my ship now bitches Jordy, red alert! Jordy, paint those flames on the saucer. Makes it go hey. faster. Speaking of yet yesterday's Enterprise, I'll also give her some points for figuring out the whole weird time shenanigan thing that was happening. Because mm-hmm. that's pretty cool of her. I like that. It makes her kind of this cool mystical thing. Uh, I need one more. I need one more. What one do I want? Ah, here's an easy one, an an easy dig, because she also shows up Troy like, whoa, in The Lost by being (laughs) a better counselor than Troy ever fucking could. Mm. I do have an honorable mention. Uh, Okay. It's it's fun, but I feel like it doesn't actually top any of my real ones. The time everyone is sleep deprived and she 
quells a riot by just shooting a phaser into the air. Like <laughs> Hold on to that because I'm going to get back to that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, my my honorable mention is uh, when she flirted with Riker in the Dauphin and we all shipped it so fucking hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been awesome. I would have gone for that. Well, I'm going to flip that on its head because while <gasps> that moment is very, very good and I they should have. At the same time, I feel like this is one of those rare moments where she missed her chance to give advice, because on the one hand, the speech she gives Wesley at the end is like beautiful. But I feel like at that point, when like Riker's trying to teach him to help flirt, she should have been like, what the fuck are you doing, Will? <laughs> the girl's a princess. This can only end in tears. Stop it. <laughs> For that matter, I know you've been giving everyone uh, like a uh, uh, guff whenever they say shut up, Wesley. Mm -hmm. She does say shut up, kid. Oh, yeah. But see, that. That's a little different. She's trying to get her Mac on and he is he is interrupting that. I might give that might be the one I allow. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, what was my other one? Oh, yeah. Did, did she never try to warn anyone in the Alpha Quadrant about the Borg? <laughs> did any Elorians? Because everyone seemed surprised by the Borg. Listen, they're listeners, not talkers. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's entirely possible they tried and Starfleet went, who the fuck are you people? But, you know. Well, to be fair, she'd just come out of the Nexus, so she was dealing with that for probably a very long time. Yeah, yeah, but then she had, like, almost a century to be like, did I ever tell anyone? <laughs> and yeah, I, I never came up with a third one. That's what I was trying to do earlier. Boo. Okay, wait, wait. Not letting baby Roe mope in uh, Rascals. Rascals. Like, let, let the woman mope. There we go. Yeah, all right. I'm going to say, um, all right, well, since we're on Rascals, I'm just going to say just generally getting way too much into being a kid <laughs> in Rascals. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, it was just, just... being a smug brat. Yeah, like, all right, guy, we get it. You want to jump on the bed. But come on, this is serious. I'm going to say, I can't remember what episode it was. It was season two, obviously, because there was the scene where Wesley was like, you know what, I'm going to leave the ship to go be with my ma. Was it the child? Uh, I think it was in The Child. I think you're right. And it was Guinan who kind of talked, again, you know, in her roundabout way, talked him out of it. And I'm like, we could have gotten rid of Wesley <laughs> in season two, Guinan. What the fuck? But no, I think the, you know, I, I was, I like the rest, I've been having trouble coming up with negative moments. And I was thinking, you know, that there's a scene in, it's a meme it's from Parks and Rec. And um, the, I can't remember the character's name, but the really annoying girl, uh, Jean Raffio's sister. Oh, okay is like, I have done nothing wrong in my life ever. And Henry Winkler, who plays her father, goes, I know this and I love you. And I, <laughs> I want that meme, but where it's Guinan saying yeah. I have done nothing wrong in my life ever. But anyway, I think I did find one, I could think of one thing that didn't turn out as well as it could, as well as she hoped. Okay. And that is convincing Tasha to go back in time <laughs> on the oh, Enterprise scene. Oh, God. Oh, rough. Because, like, yeah, she saved her from, like, blinking out of existence, but I'm not sure it was better. Yeah, I mean, she couldn't have known that she would end up being a Romulan concubine, but she did know things were not going to go well for her. Yeah, I mean, as far I mean, as she knew, she was sending her to her death. Yeah. Though, admittedly, maybe a more, like... Maybe a death Tasha would have preferred over killed by goo monster. Well, yeah, I mean, that was, I think, the point it was like, OK, yeah, you're going to go and get killed 
on the Enterprise C, but at least you'll die, you know, a warrior in battle and, you know, your death will have meaning versus, you know, you you got zapped by some angry tar. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't quite work out so well. No. Whoopsie. And then and then she has the balls later in Redemption to blame Picard because she's like, <laughs> you know what? I think Tasha did survive and you sent her there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I forgot about that. Do you have any bad moments, Caitlin? Everything on Picard. Everything in Rascals. <laughs> yes. Everything just, in everything in Times Arrow. Yes. I'm <laughs> there glad we you go. Have that Times covers Arrow. it. <laughs> See, I don't know. I think she was like the one positive aspect of Times Arrow. Yeah, she was, but it was still awful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to jump on the Time Zero hate train because I have a couple like more specific yeah, things about Time Zero that I find fucking infuriating. The first being, and this isn't necessarily a thing she did, it's more a thing the writers fucking didn't do. Mm. That was her bald man story. Yeah. Yeah, you really I have can't. a thing for bald men. A bald man really helped me once. Oh, Picard is in my relationship. Goes beyond friendship, beyond family. It goes He's, down to bald. He's... Sat Ooh, with me. me in a cave. You don't set up something that big and try to deliver on it. Just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that that's what they decided was her big bald man Picard humongous relationship thing was a let down and a half. Painful. Uh, also, just how much she hung out with Sam Clemens because no one fucking should. <laughs> exactly, you get it. <laughs> other things, other things. Okay, uh, what the what the actual fuck was the Nexus? And again, this isn't necessarily her, but there's that random echo of Guinan that Picard talks to in the Nexus, and we're like, why is this a thing? This is just a thing because we always need Guinan to be the one who tells Picard what the right thing to do is, and they mm. just can't stop doing it. Well, so here's the thing, though. Tell me the thing. So that version of Guinan... Was Guinan's memory of herself. <laughs> well, is Guinan from... Uh, Guinan yeah, that's trapped in the from Nexus from, that was re later rescued from the Lacool. Yeah. Okay. So she, she knows Picard from... Time's, Times Arrow. Arrow. Um, but that's not actual Guinan in there. I debatable, the, right? She it's, says it's she says, unclear. I, it's stupid. It's a very stupid it is plot. Stupid. And they should they should have just been like she knows him from Times Arrow, and that's why. Yeah, I don't know. It makes it doesn't make sense because she's an echo, but Kirk is a real man. Who knows? Time has no uh, meaning. Dumb, dumb, real. Like she dumb. could have just as well had said, "I can't leave with you because I need to leave." the way I originally left on yeah. Enterprise B or whatever. But they didn't. Instead, they, they tried didn't. to write it away as a, oh, this is just some reflection of how I used to be here, and I'm not me, and you're you, but you're you. But I still have all you. the memories that, I, that the normal me has in your I hate time. It. I hate it's, the Nexus so dumb. fucking much. It's a bad and, and movie. I'm and I'm going to mention it in the Guinan post so that I can shit on it some more. There you go. <laughs> Last thing I don't really care for from Guinan, just because I find it mean and unnecessary, is stabbing human Q with a fork. 
Oh, I just forgot about that. seemed mean. Well, somebody had to put the fear of God in cue. And she just mocks him that whole episode long. It's like, lady, come on. Yeah, but maybe it's like when you're dealing with Klingons. Maybe that's the best way to deal with the Q, is to give them a <laughs> touch of their own, you know? I, I feel like they're just, again, like, that's an op- like, the writers squandered an opportunity to give us the backstory of Picard and Guinan, and they just never took the opportunity to give us the backstory between Guinan and the Q. Yeah. How it's badly like, would they have chuffed al- it, though? Oh, that's yeah, well, true. that's the thing. It's- I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah, because yeah, there are so many way. times, like we just said with something we just said and I've already lost it. Oh, her bald man story. How they fucking whiffed hard. They would have whiffed hard on the Q thing too, but it also means that anytime they do talk with each other, you're wondering, and anytime that it seems inconsistent, woof. Anyway, I have two more things I wanted to, or one more thing I wanted to say about Guinan. Hit us with it. So Chris mentioned a moment ago the trying to quell a near riot in Night Terrors. Mm. And I remember just finding that that scene went fucking nowhere. I mean, I remember the scene. I just remember she shot a gun and that was fun. I don't know. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm, I'm going to say fucking no, because I didn't like it. Yeah, that's why it wasn't a main one, so. Well, also, I need more, needed more things for the bad list, so. <laughs> it makes it, because God damn it. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps this one up let's watch trip walk away hate to see him go or whatever love to watch him leave yeah there we go fuck it whatever eh, more effort than don deserves no no it's both it's it's hate to it's hate to see you go love to watch you leave so you were right yeah, yeah. uh yeah so uh join us next week where we'll be fo- watching stigma and ceasefire and in a bit of a twist on our character recaps spotlights we are going to be putting Rolaren and Tasha Yar head to head. So who's going to have more good moments and who's going to have more bad moments? Ding ding. <laughs> Round one begins Ch- next week. Ch- Round one fight. Yes. So to find out about that, be sure to follow us on the social medias, uh, Facebook and Tumblr, SSHBpodcast.com. Follow us on your favorite podcast, Yappy. And if it has ratings, give us a rating. Until then. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. As always, Jake. We gotta get out of here because the sun is rising! Oh, it's warm. Three, two, one. Ow. Good job. My hands are still sore from those monkey bars yesterday. Gorgeorb. But when were you at monkey bars? Uh, Jake and I went for a hike yesterday and uh, in in like the parking lot of the fells by the uh, hockey rink, there's mm-hmm. one of those outdoor, outdoor gym things. And okay. we, cl- we climbed up the rope cage um, and then Jake just did the monkey bars. I was like, I want to do monkey bars. Monkey bars fucking hurt, though. Mm. Were, oh, there, yeah. the, were there children there? Because I imagine we, there were. When we first got there, there were no kids around. Mm. I picture them arriving, trying to get on the stuff. You just give them the stink eye and they back away. The stink eye? More like she fucking punched them all and threw them off the monkey bars. Yeah, well, I mostly see this place uh, frequented by, like, burly, shirtless men. So, like, yesterday it's like, oh, there's no one around. Quick, we gotta have to climb the rope thing. It looks so fun.
It is quite I, don't what, I don't know what a rope cage is. Like a cargo net? Yeah, it looks it's like a it's like a perfectly taut cargo net that just goes straight up but has like a curve to it. Oh, interesting. I love that there is a 50-50 chance that you'll get to a park and will either be children or <laughs> bodybuilders. Yes. <laughs> There's actually, uh, in Disco Elysium, there is this deeply annoying child who, if you do the right checks, which I never managed, you can slug him. Yes! But I That's did a that. shut up, Wesley, this? have who I ever heard this? one? Who wrote this game, Ames? Uh, a bunch of Eastern Europeans. Can you um, airlock him? Sadly, no, it's on Earth. Um, Dang. But I did the next best thing, which was uh, kind of mucked up his friendship with his annoying also child friend. Nice. It's like, all like right, I friend. It's like, I've actually done longer lasting damage. Victory for Chris. <laughs> Speaking of doing long lasting damage, let's talk about these episodes because I have a Ooh. hockey game to watch later. Yeah, let's yeah, do this I'm, quick. I'm Woo! exhausted. <laughs>